0: Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where Grove. one of our core values is Christian education. New Let's Piney tune in Grove. to this week's message. Thank you, Master Lee, for leading us in responsive reading with the thought that talk is cheap, but walk is priceless. I simply got a title, Integrity, Walk, Not Talk. The main thought that motivates this title of the message is Integrity is walked out, not talked out. We live in a world now where from pulpits, even social places like the White House, a lot of being said about character. But then we read something in the paper, or we hear something on CNN where another individual who was in high standing has fallen. I mean, on the outside, it looked well, but behind the scenes. The Old Testament Hebrew word for walk has various applications and it's it's not about putting one feet in front of the other. The word means to go along a pace. If you remember the commentary that that Jeff was, was, was so brilliantly brought to us that that ship is going along a pace. That plane is flying along a particular airspace. It has a thought of continuing the path. Now the New Testament Greek word for all implies consistency that one exhibits in speech, attitude, and behavior. In other words, it is a way of life. When it comes to the holy word, biblical integrity refers to a continual walk of moral uprightness. Thus, integrity is a virtue that cannot be determined by what you see on the outside. It is a spiritual conscious that guides to an attitude of doing what's right. Now, in your human state, you were born with what we call a conscience. Even at a young age, we recognize that certain things we do are wrong. (laughs) But we do it anyway. Eventually we get to a point, as Paul talked about, where your conscience are seared. And doing wrong don't bother you anymore. But when you give your life to the Lord and you become indwelled by the Holy Spirit, you have now a spiritual awareness or a spiritual consciousness which guides you to an attitude of doing what is right. Again, as Jeff has said, integrity describes the character one would display if no one was watching. In the most basic sense, integrity means to live out in private the same way you talk about it and live out in public. I'm to say this because I'm going to be dealing with uh, 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 this next Sunday doing faith development, hypocrisy. Now, integrity is not exactly the same as hypocrisy. The word in the Bible, hypocrite, means to put on the mask. So hypocrisy is, is hiding the real outside. You don't see really see the person because they got something. It's hard to realize why integrity means to reveal what's on the inside. Can I give you an example? My son has been uh, employed by Academy Sports Authority since it opened up out there in uh, Twist County, and he said, "Dad." We need workers. He's telling me about how often he has been called in, how often he worked. We need workers. He said, but that's the problem. And he gave an example. 25 people applied for a job. 25 people came in and interviewed well. Answered all the right questions, did all the right things, but then came the drug test. Only five was hired. So a lot of time and I think about this in our society, people say I can't find no job nowhere, I can't there's a lot of work out there because I see it. But there's something about their integrity that don't allow them to be where they need to be. Now the background of our text is a historical setting that we know very little about. But the text gives us some idea. It reveals that the writer, who is David, is seeking the Lord's intervention for justice. It seems as though David is facing some type of hardship from an outside foe. And I kind of like to think about it as being King Saul, even though that's just me. But But... David proclaimed that this trouble that he's experienced is both unwarranted and undeserved. So, in our text, I want to bring out four thoughts about integrity. And number one is this examination before vindication. Examination before vindication. Verse 1 of Psalm 26. It says, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my reins and my heart. the King James translation brings out some interesting words. And we think, and I'll get to this this examination later, but I want to just kind of look at the text where he said, I have trusted also the Lord, therefore I will not slide. One of the words that that is translated sin is is, is parabias. And and, the Paraby simply means, uh, I think it's, I might have the wrong word, but it draws a line that says on this side is wrong, but on this side is right. And, and, and oftentimes we, we get to the line and we say we can't go, but then there's sometimes we just slide. The word judge here is translated vindicate in most of the modern versions. And vindication is the act of God declaring his servant to be innocent and then God takes vengeance on those who accuse them. So David says, judge me. Before David requests vindication, he asks for an examination. David invites the Lord to examine him. And then he says, Prove me. And the idea of examining is to investigate or to scrutinize. To investigate thoroughly. It is a kind of a forensic science term that means look at the evidence. The word prove means to assess my value. Try is a goldsmith turn where the goldsmith tries or put it in the fire to determine its genuineness. And there's one other word here that I kind of like. It says, try my rings and my heart. On Wednesday night, uh, brothers was, was talking about meekness. And basically, he said what, what we, we've heard before that meekness, strength under control. And he gave an example which I can relate to uh, because I remember the first time I got on a horse. Horse is a big animal. If you ever get on one, you'll recognize how big they are, and they're powerful. But there is something that you control that horse with, and that is the rings that has in the middle of the horse's mouth a bit, that when you pull, he responds to it. David advised the Lord to try my rings. And just like sometimes we come up to parabenize and we we look at the line and then maybe not until we slide over, sometimes... When God pulls our rings back, we ride up. If you have ever been in a situation where you knew what you were about to do was wrong and you couldn't do it, but then you tried something else so you could do it, then you are breaking the reins. Because what God is trying to do, you prevent you from doing What you shouldn't be doing, but we oftentimes knock doors down just to do what we want to do. And it's interesting that rings had to do with the mouth. How many of y'all want to say something to somebody? You can't hardly hold what you want to say, and you see that person, they go the other way. See, that's the rings God put. But now, you start going after that person. <laughs> Try my rings. Number one, examination before vindication. Number two, evidence before elevation. Evidence before elevation. Verse three. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. And I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain person. Neither will I go in with dissemblers. Dissemblers. Hmm. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hand in innocence. So will I compass the altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous word. Hmm. The setting of this verse is God's house. Call it the sanctuary, call it the temple, or even call it the church. But I want you to notice his word dissemblers, Because see here, we are assembled. But in our assembly, there can be dissemblers. The Hebrew word means hidden. It has to do with motive. And David's going to bring something out here. What's your motive for coming to worship this morning? Or any morning? Is it because you get a chance to wear your collar on this Sunday and no other Sunday? Is it because you're a deacon and everybody expects you to be the third communion? Or is it because mama made you? Or is it just because of Sunday? Is there a hidden motive somehow? Maybe you just want to be able to go to work tomorrow and say I went to church yesterday. All right. All right. We all want to be elevated in God's sight. David gives evidence of his integrity by separating himself from those who are not true worshipers. Those who are deceitful and worship in vain. David refused to sit or to consult, which means to listen or talk with them. And David says he hates their assembly. Why? Because they're dissimilar. They came for the wrong purpose. You ever come to church and you sit down by somebody, and all of a sudden everything they say is negative? David's saying, this is the way he experienced, so he decided to change seats. <laughs> David worship was with integrity to show that he symbolically he washed his hair to proclaim his innocence. And then in sincerity. David, publicly. Praise the Lord with thanksgiving and then told of all of Lord's wonderful deeds. We're going to come back to some things when dealing with David and worship. But let's go on to number three. Supplication before success. Supplication, if you don't know what that means, that is prayer not just an ordinary prayer, this is a begging prayer. This is a Lord-please prayer. Verse 8. Lord, I have loved the inhabitation of thy house and the place wherein thy honor dwells. Gather not my soul with the sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hand is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. Because of David's integrity, he get, was able to supplicate or to petition the Lord. He tells the Lord about how much he loves coming to his house to worship. And David based his supplication upon his contrast with those who come to the temple. But their motives are impure. The word Bible here means they're coming to get money. But again, what's our motivation for coming? Even some may decide they want to come to church because it's first Sunday. And Pastor has said that if we gonna come to church on any Sunday, we need to come first Sunday. So long reason you're here is to get me to shut up. <laughs> said that motives are unpure. So David said, Lord, don't send me to the same place they're going. Don't, don't, don't curse me like you're gonna curse them. We're in the same house, God, but I want you to treat me a little differently here because I am walking in integrity. And number four, reaction before reward. Reaction before reward. Verse eleven. But as for me, now the but connects the mother folks. They come to church with the wrong motives. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful to me. And again, he's not advocating that walking in integrity means that he is. Completely sinless. What he's saying, I've done everything that was required of the law. You see, the Old Testament always had a way out for people that sin. It was a sacrificial system. While I have sinned, I'm going to offer the right sacrifice so that my sin will be covered. These other people, when they offer blind and lame animals, I'm offering my best, the first, and spotless. So he says, Be mercy me, my foot stand in an even place. I'm on level ground. I ain't up. I ain't down. I ain't a yo-yo Christian. Y'all know about a yo-yo Christian, right? But notice this. In the congregation I will bless the Lord. In the congregation, I'll bless the Lord. The implication here, in the midst of the congregation. I'm going to still praise the Lord. He's saying, I'm not concerned about what others do. I'm not concerned about what others think. My focus is going to be on the Lord. Now, when we had a little thing going on here and the Spirit came in, some people jumping, some people shouting. My wife going crazy over there in the corner. Instead of some of y'all going crazy with her, y'all over there looking at her. You know why? She don't care. She don't care what y'all think. Until we get to the point that we recognize we're here for God and not somebody else, we're going to be free then to praise God. We are so bound up on tradition. We are so bound up on trying to please other people of what other people think. We can't be free to praise God. Some of you men ain't going to never cry. You're going to just say you got allergies. That's all you're going to do. David did not talk about integrity. David walked in integrity. Now here's the message application point. Many of us, and I'm going to use us because I'm included, miss or lose our blessing because we do much talking but no walking. We want vindication without examination. We want elevation without evidence. We want success without supplication. And we want rewards without reaction. You see, in anticipation that God was going to answer his prayer, David began to praise God, not waiting until God delivered him. He praised God because he was able to go to God. We're here today, Communion Sunday, the Lord's Supper, because of an invitation by Jesus to break bread with Him. That's the closest fellowship one could have in Jesus' day to eat with Him. But many of us want to be satisfied, but we don't want to sacrifice. We want God's favor, but we haven't been faithful. We desire God prayer in a session but we have failed to walk in integrity. Failing to walk in integrity should give us a greater appreciation for grace. You know what? You can't do it. In your sinful nature you cannot walk with the integrity that David's speaking of. That's why Jesus came. And died for our sin. And that's why he also requested that we remember. Jesus walked the walk that we couldn't. A lot of people don't recognize this, but in Jesus' humanity, Jesus had choices just like you and I had. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had a choice. When he said, "Let not your will—I mean, let your will be done and not mine," he could have chose his own will. He did not have to go to the cross, but he was walking in integrity. When he was arrested, or before he was arrested, and Peter tried to come to his defense. And cutting off uh, uh, Micah's ear, told Peter to put away that sword, he said, I can call 12 legions of angels. And he could have. He did not have to go to the cross, but he was walking in integrity. So, being saved by grace, To live a life that is not morally right before God makes grace cheap. But we can't put a price on salvation, it's priceless. But the good news about this priceless gift is that it's free. And you can have this free gift. You can have it right now, today. All you got to do is confess it. Lord, I can't walk in this integrity. I don't have the capability within me to do so. And if you believe in your heart, That he came and died for you. That he walked the walk that you didn't walk, couldn't walk. And you're willing to accept him. You can walk in integrity because he'll deal with your sins. Stand with me now. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.